We are going to continue. I'm going to continue on where I left off yesterday. And I'm going to talk about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I want to read from Psalm 110. Just read the whole Psalm again. Briefly go over some of the things we have already said. And then emphasize what I feel the Holy Spirit wants us to do today. He says it from verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. And what I want to do, I want to emphasize today on that last verse, but just recap on some of the things we've already said. I realize that this psalm can be looked at from many angles. And really, I am looking at it specifically through the lens of the day of his power. What happens and the kind of dynamics surrounding the day of his power. And we said yesterday that the day of his power is about the manifestation of the kingdom of God or God's power in a supernatural release or expression of his kingdom. It is a season or a period when God's power is being freely expressed through his church or even through an individual. And Psalm 110, there are eight key areas that um, I, I want to touch on. I don't think I'll be able to do it through this these three days, but I want to touch on some of them. The first thing we said yesterday is that the day of his power has been determined within the Godhead. And just like God has determined that in his church, supernatural manifestations of power is released, I believe that he has also determined that for you as an individual, that through your life and your days in the church and on your days on the earth, that his power will be expressed through you. Second point, it is a time when God's power is not just being mighty. Sorry, I think that's the second point. Yeah, I've said the second point. Third point, are we on sec- third point? Third point? Second point. Which point am I on? <laughs> I, I, I've even, I've, I'm so excited, I'm forgetting what point. So first point is being determined by God. Second point is released through his church. Third point, in the day of his power, God's people gives themselves wholeheartedly to his purpose. They give themselves unreservedly to his purpose. When God's power comes upon them, they no longer look at things from the place of convenience, but they look at things as an opportunity to obey God. Fourth point, there is a strong commitment to the beauties of holiness in the day of his power. In other words, in the day of his power, God's people consecrate themselves to him to live a lifestyle that places him first as number one priority. In the second part of verse 3, he says, 
that in, um, your people shall rule in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning you have the dew of your youth. And this verse really expresses different things about the fact that God's people in the day of his power not only are willing to face battle, but they do it from a place where he is number one and they do it from a place where they are freshly anointed and empowered by the word of God. Fifth point is that the day of his power is about the revelation of the Melchizedek order. The Melchizedek order is simply the combination of the king-priest function within the body of Christ. First manifest through Christ, but also seen in the church. And the scripture tells us that he has made us kings and priests unto our God. And we shall reign where? On the earth. Not in the sweet by and by. But on the earth, we are supposed to reign. I won't go into it anymore. Maybe we'll touch on it tomorrow. And then the sixth point is this, that the day of his power involves the manifestation of the governmental authority of God. In the second part of, first part of verse 5, he says, The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. God's power is not simply about revealing his supernatural strength. It is the release of power in order to bring correction and order in the universe. It's to bring correction and it's to bring order. So when God's power is being released, there is the execution of judgment on the forces of darkness that has controlled so many. And then there is a correction and an order of how things are supposed to be. Seven point is that the day of his power involves these judgments being released upon principalities and powers. And you see, as children of God, we need to understand the authority that has been invested in us because of Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says, You died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. There is no authority and there is no power that is greater than the authority and power that is invested in the church. There is no satanic force that can attack and destroy God's people in a supernatural context outside of God's people opening the door in their own lives. Satan can't just attack you. He can't just come in a, in a spiritual context and hit you. There has to be some kind of legal access that we give right to as God's people. We won't go into that. And then the last point, which I want to dwell on, the day of his power involves the complete reliance on the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says, He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. So, the day of his power involves God revealing his supernatural might through his church or through an individual. And this can only be done when we learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. This can only be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at that verse again. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Another version says, from the stream along the road he drinks. Then he lifts up his head. Another version says, he will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head triumphantly. What is that brook? Well, Psalm 46, 4 says, there is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God. And our Lord says it something like this in John 7, 37 to 39. He says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, 
Jesus stood and cried, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or belly or innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 39. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given because Jesus was not yet glorified. The point there is this. The reason why he drinks by the brook, by the wayside, is because he's drinking from the river of God, which is the Holy Spirit. It's a messianic scripture. It refers to our Lord Jesus as the anointed one, but it's also a scripture that applies to the people of God. Every time we drink from that river, every time we drink from that river, we are able to lift up our heads in triumph. We're able to lift up our heads in triumph and rule in the midst of our enemies and rule in the midst of our enemies and go out of Zion with the rod of God. Go out of Zion with the strength of God and extend the kingdom and dominion of God. And this is what the day of his power is all about. One of the things that I have realized over the years is that as God's people, we can very easily reduce the Holy Spirit to something else. Oh, he's in the Spirit. Oh, it's like a joke. Oh, the Spirit said, oh, are you in the Spirit? And we fail to realize who we are referring to. This is God, the mighty Holy Spirit. The one at the beginning, in the beginning, who hovered over the waters. And who is the one who executes the word spoken? When God does anything, when he says it, it is the mighty Holy Spirit who executes it, who brings it to pass. He, I refer to him as the governor of the church. He is the one who's the boss of the church. He is the one who we are supposed to seek concerning everything we do. He is the one who is supposed to dictate how we are supposed to do things. He is not a sideshow bob situation. He is the one we ask, Lord, what do you say? You know, many times we don't realize when we hear from God, very few times do we ever hear from the Son of God himself. It's very rare. Or even the Father. It's always often the Holy Spirit. Now, he glorifies Jesus, so you think you're speaking to Jesus. And he, he is sent by the Father, so you think you're hearing from the Father. But actually, you check in the book of Acts. It's always the Spirit. Very rare would the Lord Jesus appear in vision and speak to people. Very rare. And we need to know him, relate to him, rely upon him, and allow him to govern our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Now, to rely on the Holy Spirit... We must experience the continuous outpouring of himself in our lives and in our church. Ephesians 5.18 says this. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. We know that the Greek actually reads in the present continuous tense. And it reads like this. Be being filled with the spirit. Or be continuously filled with the spirit. Or go on being filled over and over and over again with the Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time experience. It's supposed to be a daily lifestyle. It's supposed to be something that we are used to. And the more you give out to God's people, the greater you have to learn to drink from that brook. You have to learn to drink from that brook. 
Because otherwise, you will burn out. And this is one of the reasons why there's a lot of burnout in the body of Christ among many leaders. Because we, we seek to do things out of our own strength. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our lives daily. I have learned by the grace of God to be filled and keep being filled in order to do the things that I do. There is no way I could do the things that I do if it is just by willpower and strength alone. The pressure will kill me. It will make me a nervous wreck. On average, by the grace of God, I need to spend about two to three hours on average, minimum a day, just to be able to function properly. And I can tell when I'm not full. And I can tell when I'm half full. And I can tell when I'm third full. And I also can tell when I'm overflowing. And it's nice when you're overflowing. Hmm. <laughs> the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is a prime manifestation of when God comes down. Whether it's upon an individual or whether it's upon a church. And as a church, Christian Life Fellowship, we need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Those of you in Greenwich during our prayer times, you find that many times this will be the area that I'll bring before the Lord. That we will have a fresh outpouring. We'll have a fresh outpouring. We'll have a fresh outpouring. I'm believing that one day there'll be a deluge of the Holy Spirit. Like Pastor John was referring to this morning. That even if it's just for one week, even if it's just for one week, really, if it's just for one month, maybe if it's just for one year, maybe for one decade, there was a move of God that lasted a hundred years. The Moravians, they, they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. 100 years solid every day. May we enter into that realm in Jesus' name. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Whatever it is you are called to do, whether it's in the marketplace, whether it's in the home, whether it's as a student, whether it's as a pastor, you need that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The good thing is the promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. And again, let me say this. Yes, we know that on Pentecost, he was released upon the church. And some would say, he's been poured out. He doesn't need to be poured again. Continue to believe that. It's good for you. But there are outpourings. There are outpourings throughout church history. You will see it. That people will call upon God, call upon God, call upon God. And then, boom, a revival will take place. The spirit will be released upon an individual or upon a community. And things will begin to change. Zechariah 10.1 gives us a great picture of the need to ask for this outpouring. He says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The time of the latter rain simply is referring to spring. In other words, ask the Lord for rain when it's supposed to rain. Ask the Lord for rain when it's supposed to rain. He says, the Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. This is a picture of revival. When you ask God for rain, in the time of the latter rain, in the time when it's supposed to rain, God will answer with rain. The rain will produce grass, which is souls, in the field, a harvest field, or the assigned lot for everyone calling for rain. May this become your portion in your church. May this become our portion in our churches and in our ministries. Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, call to me, I like this scripture, and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. 
call to me and I will answer you. And I tell him, you said call to me and you will answer me. You said you will show me great. That word great is mega. It's extra large. Great and mighty. That word mighty is secret things. Things you don't even have insight about. Things beyond your comprehension. That you do not know. Hosea 6.3 says, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Let us know God. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. In other words, keep pursuing, keep pressing. Listen, I'm telling you, see, we must keep pressing. We must keep pressing every day. You know, this morning at 5 o'clock when, I, when we logged in, there was three of us. Three, me and two others. And then later on, two others joined. And it was, it was wonderful. One of them is a relatively young believer. I don't want to mention their name to embarrass them. But she was going hard. Lord. And this believer, full of the spirit, she doesn't even speak in tongues. But the way she prays, she prays better than a lot of these tongue talkers. <laughs> She's filled with the spirit, but she doesn't speak in tongues. She doesn't, she will, she, I believe she will experience it in, during this conference. But the point is, amen, that's a prophecy. You can receive it if you see. But the point is, well, it's kind of a prophecy. Let me just be, it's, a, it's not really a prophecy. It's just a proclamation. Yeah, let's be clear. It's not a prophecy. It's not a, it's not a prophecy. It's a proclamation. It's a proclamation. You have to correct. As we pursue, he says, his going forth is like the morning. He's established like the morning. In other words, every day it goes to night and then it comes, the following day it comes. It's certain. When you pursue God, when you seek after God, just like tomorrow is going to come, it's not going to be the end of the world. You know how many times I've heard the end of the world is nigh? The end of the, now, I believe Jesus will return. I don't know when. It's probably not tomorrow, you know. But, I mean, if it's, that would be fantastic. Then I... I mean, no offense, no, your preaching is great, but I prefer Jesus came. <laughs> but, but, you know, I've heard all this, you know, the end of the, the, end of the world, remember Y2K, remembers Y2K. Some of you weren't even born, probably. <laughs> Y2K, the end of the world, you know, we stacked up our cellar with a holy pot of water. I just said, are you sure about this? I said, hey, you don't know the place. <laughs> <laughs> She said, Aisha said, are you sure? It's Y2K business. I said, hey, you know, the place could fall in the ground. I'm not traveling. People, <laughs> people traveled. Everything was normal. Nothing happened. <laughs> it's a bit like Brexit. Anyway, let's move on. Let's not know. The end of the world is nigh. Now, look, the morning comes, and then the evening comes. Things happen. Even when there's war, there'll still be morning. Now, the point is, God's coming to those who pursue him is certain. It's certain. The problem with us is we give up we, because we have this microwave mentality. I thought you said we should believe for 50. No 50 has happened. I don't care. We are believing for another 50. I thought you said there's a revival coming and we should pray, 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 and then within a few weeks, I don't care. We will keep praying. Listen, if it's five years, if it's 10 years, till I die, I am believing God for the supernatural power. And then when I get there, I say, hey, 
Lord, I'm not being funny. You actually said, well, send me back. I need to see the thing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Why do we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? An obvious question. Because without him, we are powerless. This is something we need to get into our hearts as God's people. And especially as church leaders. As church leaders, we need to realize that without the Holy Spirit, even to do administration, you need the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can be stuck with one little lecture for a whole day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes you've got this problem to deal with and you're spending a whole day trying to deal with it. I've learned when I have a lot of problems to deal with, I just park them and I go and talk to the Lord for a long time. And as I'm spending time in prayer and talking to him, I will, as I'm praying in tongues, praying, talking to him, talking, I will then insert the problem. Lord, you know this complicated algebra problem, this geometric problem, pastoral problem, which I can't deal with. What is the solution? This impossible, what? And then boom, the answer will come. Then I'll get my... This is also quite spiritual. Get it out. <laughs> and type out the answer. Put it in my pocket. Carry on. Lord, you know this marriage situation? Aisha and I, we're not seeing eye to eye. Your word says that your watchmen shall see eye to eye. It's not eye to eye at the moment. In the world family, when she says A, I say W. When she says G, I say H. What is happening? Sometimes, listen, don't let, them, don't let them fool you. Like Bob Marley said, don't let them fool you. Don't let them fool you. <laughs> At times, we don't know what to do. But I have learned when I talk to him. Sometimes just a simple, go and apologize again. <laughs> That's the solution. There's no fasting involved. <laughs> Without the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. And you need to know that. But when he anoints you, I tell you what seems impossible becomes easy. Sometimes people say, how do you write all these books? As if I'm some clever person. I say, um, Lord, Lord, the Lord help me. They think I'm actually trying to be humble. I'm really very smart. It's, I'm not very smart. I'm just being totally honest. It is literally that. I will ask him, this next chapter, how do we write this chapter? I mean, what is that? The fivefold ministry. I mean, how do you even approach the thing without copying everybody else? <laughs> Zechariah 4 6. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. 
And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. What seemed like it could never happen has happened because of grace, grace applied to it by the Spirit of God upon our lives. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his Spirit. And I believe God is looking for us to need the oil of his presence upon all that we do. We need the Holy Spirit to come down and bring down every mountain that comes before us, that is facing us. We need that oil of his spirit. Psalm 92 verse 10, he says, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Amplify says it like this. But my horn, my emblem of strength and power, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil for your service. You see, at times, our own strength needs, in fact, many times, our own strength needs his super on it. You have your strength, your horn, but your horn is not enough. It needs his fresh oil upon it. Then you become like a wild ox. A wild ox. Your strength becomes like the strength of ten. You can shift things that seem impossible. Yeah. And it's not relegated to just church events. Business. Family. Relationships. Any area that needs human expertise can be applied with the Holy Spirit's supernatural anointing. God will anoint us as we look to him and not man. And this is one thing, CLF, we must have it, that we are looking to God. We're not looking to man. We're not looking to some anointed fellow. We're not looking to some contacts. We're not looking to some alignments. We're looking to God. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have contacts. I'm not saying it's wrong to have partnerships. I believe in that. It is absolutely right. But that is not our source. Relying on man or trusting in natural man at the expense of reliance on God is a curse. It's a curse. God said through Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17 verse 5, onwards he said, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. You come under a curse when you're trusting in man, when you're relying on flesh, when you're relying on connections, when you're relying on who you know, on some famous person to grow your church, <laughs> some anointed someone to do your, open a door for you. No, 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 no. No. He says, verse 6, for he shall, look, look at this, when you trust in man, he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. When you trust in man, you won't even recognize when blessing is coming your way. Not only that, but you won't see any blessing. He says, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Verse 7, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. There it is. Which spreads out its roots by the river. You're planted by the waters. Your roots go in the river of life. And will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green. And will not be anxious 
in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Enoch, God wants you to trust in him. Yes. To trust in him. To open the doors. To yes. trust in him. To yes. close the doors. Yes. He says some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That's the name we want to remember. We're talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to look to God. To look to God and to look to the mighty Holy Spirit as the enabler upon which whatever you are seeking to do is established through. They have mocked us. They have ridiculed us. They have laughed at us. They have said to us, we don't even have a call. But I tell you, it is he who laughs last, but Mali again. Hallelujah. (laughs) I won't sing it out. Hmm. I like Psalm 118. He says in verse 9, 8 and 9, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Listen, I'm talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I want to establish this reality that you will look to God. This is why we need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We will look to God. And if he doesn't anoint us, then we can't do it. If he doesn't empower us, then we can't do it. Yeah. If he doesn't open the door for us, then it's closed. Yes. We ask him. Lord, what do you want us to do? We must learn to wait on him, therefore, until we are empowered supernaturally. Um, Pastor John touched on it, and I'm going to emphasize it again. You know, our Lord said in Luke 24, verse 49, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wait until you are endued with power from on high. And the problem I feel with many of us, and I was speaking to, when I was speaking to the congregation leaders some time ago, I talked about the outpouring of the Spirit, and I was mentioning this fact, that the problem with many of us is we don't wait long enough. Or we think that waiting on the Holy Spirit is like waiting for five years. You know, when he said, wait till you endure the power from on high, they waited on him for 10 days. But they were consistent and they were focused. And after 10 days on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. But the problem is, with us is, we use, when we are waiting on God, it's like a ritual. Like Pastor John was saying, they were fasting for 21 days. And the one day when they should have been there, the last day, they all said, uh, you know what, Jack will be there, John will be there, James will be there. Today, everybody, for, everybody else will be there and only John was there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe Vivian came later. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm telling you this. Waiting upon God until you're clothed with power from on high is very important. You have to take time. You have to spend time. You have to seek him. You have to be intentional about it. There are some believers who say something like, that's for me. I don't have a prayer time. I just flow. Any time time in the day, me and God is just like that, just like that, just like that. That's why you are also just like that. That's not how it works, brother. Our Lord Jesus had to spend time, set times before the Father every day. You are not greater than him. 
He said he had his set times, and then he had his special times, regular special times where he would pray all night. Today, all night prayer is called legalistic by this modernness. It's legalism. All night, mm, all night, mm. I don't know, all night, mm, really? What's so special about the night? Mm. It's called madness, madness. You know, it's like, at times, the, the way we approach spiritual things. Prayer meeting, how, how long? When? How, how, how long? Hold on. What, what day? Wednesday. Mm, Wednesday. Mm. That's my time with my wife, me and my wife. Family time, Wednesday. Can't you change it? Mm, change it. Mm. Pastor, fam, God first, family second, church third. That's our problem. It's God first, God second, God third. You could say hallelujah. What happens when the Holy Spirit is poured out? Acts chapter 2, 17 to 21. He says, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. He said, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. He says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapors of smoke or vapor of smoke. He said, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, there are specific things, different um, seven different signs and um, associations that is highlighted here. First of all, you will see sons and daughters prophesy. In other words, everyone becomes Holy Spirit inspired. That's what prophecy speaks of. The Holy Spirit begins to influence everyone, how we speak, how we communicate. Secondly, young men see visions. This speaks of the young men are able to capture what lies ahead. What God wants them to pursue ahead. Seeing visions is not just seeing open visions. It's capturing the vision of God concerning their lives. Old men dream dreams. In other words, the old are recovering what was once lost concerning their destiny. Go look it up in the Greek. Old men recover dreams is what that verse actually says. Fourth, God's men servants and maid servants experience the outpouring of the prof- of prof- of prophesying. They experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and begin to prophesy. Why? Because this is referring to leaders given to his service who become freely empowered. Why? Because when you are in his service, it is so easy to think that the outpouring is for everyone but you. I've been in church many times. The Spirit of God will speak. A very convicting message. I know that Pastor Joe over there is in that position. And Pastor Jimmy over there is in exactly that position. And they are looking to their members. Go on, go. Go on, go. And they themselves are standing there. Like the ogre who doesn't need to respond to the Spirit. And, and at times I wonder to myself, what is happening to us? 
We should be the first at times to run to the altar when it comes to certain things. Now, I know there is a place where you are there to help people, but sometimes every man for himself and God for us all. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Look, when Pastor John was preaching, me, I have to sort myself out. I have to sort myself out. Let me sort myself out first. Even when you're on the plane and the plane is going to crash, they tell you, if you're sitting next to your baby, put the mask on your nose first before you go and look at your, your baby. Even, even the plane crash, they tell you, put the finger on your nose first. Our instinct is, no, let's look after the baby. And you get dead. <laughs> yeah. Say to your neighbor, sort yourself out. He says, upon my men servants, upon my maid servants, will I pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. They also become Holy Spirit inspired. He says, I'll show wonders in heaven above. This is when the outpouring comes, it affects the atmosphere. You know, if you know the history behind that statement, you see how awesome the move of God is. What was described in their day when Jesus died, when he resurrected, what they saw happen... Up until AD 70, when Titus destroyed the Roman and um, they the, the, um, destroyed Jerusalem, what they saw happen, what historians write, what they saw happen. Thousands of those in Palestine recorded seeing chariots of fire in the air, chariots of fire before Titus came, in fulfillment of what Jesus said will happen. It's, go, and, go and look it up in the internet, it's there. Even the internet can tell you that. So signs on the earth beneath. When there is a move, when the heavens, the Holy Spirit is being poured out, it affects the environment. It affects the environment. Not, you see, I am not talking about music influence revivals. I remember one sound technician telling me many years ago in a certain big meeting, a certain great big preacher whose name I could easily mention, but I dare not, because I fear God. He told the engineer, when you hear me say, that engineer told me this, he said to the engineer, when you hear me say, the wind of the spirit is blowing, press, I'm not lying. And he thought, huh? So yeah, press. When you hear me say, the wind of the, I'm not even going to try and imitate. The wind of the spirit is blowing. You press, ding. Because here, they'll hear. (laughs) I'm not talking about that kind of foolishness. (laughs) I remember the other day, I saw on the internet, some guy saying, you know, at times we're just so stupid. I'm sorry. It's just so stupid. That's, it's just called stupidity. The guy said, I'm going to prove to you angels are going to be in this place. <laughs> and everybody was watching. And he said, over there, angels. <laughs> and they showed this hologram. Because that's what it was. Hologram that I've seen in other places. Of what looked like cherubs. And you know what happened? The people of God start screaming, ah, falling under the power of what power only God knows. Speaking in tongues, jumping around an angel, angel, because of hologram. I mean, 
Nah. I want real environmental changes. <laughs> Not electronically manufactured. No. We need the real thing. People are hungry for the real thing. Yes, I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. I knew they wouldn't get healed, so I got somebody else to pray for them. <laughs> Terrible. I was hoping that they would be, but they weren't healed. So I, because when they asked me to pray for them, I looked up for, mm-mm. I don't think you believe so. I said, uh, you come and pray for them. <laughs> and they weren't healed. I heard them complaining about it later on. They didn't know I was hearing. You know, it's interesting. That's what I'm praying. I'm walking about. I'll be walking, and then I hear someone mention my name, and they're talking about me, and I'm laughing. Ah. And then I walk, and I go somewhere else, and I hear someone. It's as if the Holy Spirit says, listen to your people. Listen to what they're saying. They want the real thing. Yes, we need the real thing. And I was laughing at myself. You see, you, you're not anointed. Like You need fresh oil. You need fresh oil. Say to your neighbor, fresh oil. I wasn't listening to anyone's conversation. I was minding my business. I was just walking. And my ear happened to hear. I was just walking. But it was, it was good. It was a sign. There's a hunger in this church. We need, say to your neighbor, we need a fresh oil. Don't settle for anything else. If we pray for you and not healed, don't try and say it's really healing. It is, tell him it's still the pain is still there. I believe it's gone. You, you, I didn't ask what you believe. Is it gone? I sense it's going. I didn't ask, is it gone? Just tell me. Don't worry, Tim is here. If we, um, we'll send. <laughs> he says that's the last time he's praying for anyone I sent to him. Listen, listen, listen. No, no. <laughs> no. Uh, look, we have to just, we have to realize we need the real thing. And we're going to keep pressing in and pressing in and pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. And one day, boom, it's going to break. But we have to wait on him. He says, tarry until you are clothed. And I want to bring this to a conclusion. When he says, he says, tarry until you are clothed with power on, on high, from on high. The disciples began to do this. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14, they start, it says, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Also in Luke 24, 53, after the Lord had been received, the scripture says, and they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. And I believe that these two verses show us how they were waiting until they were clothed with power. They were in prayer. That means they were, that word prayer in the Greek speaks of worship. But also it includes just praying earnestly. It speaks of spending time in God's presence. It speaks of worship. Proskew, that's the Greek. And then they were in supplication. That means they were asking specifically, Lord, send your spirit. Send your spirit. Like the Lord Jesus promised. Father, send the promise of the Holy Spirit. Send the promise. Send the promise. They kept asking. And then they were praising God. They were blessing God. They were praising God. Declaring what God is like. How good he is. How amazing he is. And then he says they were blessing God. They were blessing God. They're speaking well of him. Giving him thanks. And these four things is what they were involved in. As they were waiting to be clothed. As they were waiting to be clothed. On day one. They were asking, they were praying, they were worshiping, they were asking specific things, they were blessing God. In day two, they were doing this. Day three, 
Interestingly, it doesn't mention fasting, though I believe they probably were fasting. But it doesn't mention. It just mentioned these things. And I believe the Holy Spirit emphasizes these points to give us insight about how we are clothed. And I've recognized even these, these principles in a small measure in my own context. When I'm dry, when I'm empty, sometimes it's just good. Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you that I'm dry. I know what it feels like. This is not nice, but thank you. And I'll tell him. And I start off by laughing at myself and telling him how fantastic he is and how rubbish I feel. And I say, Lord, you know, I really don't want to do this. I'd love to play a computer game right now, but it ain't appropriate. Lord, give me strength. Lord, help your servant. I'll say all kinds of things. And then as I'm telling him, and I pray in tongues, I like praying in tongues because it's very easy. That one, you can just say anything. Sometimes you just... Just say anything. I'm just trying. Oh, God, help. Please. Help, help, Lord. He said, Terry, help. I'm tarrying. It's three minutes. Boy, it feels like three hours. Hallelujah. I'll go through all the words I know. Oh, glory to Jesus. Glory, like I really care. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Lord, I don't really want glory to you. I just want you to help me out. Lord, help me out. And then I'll go through 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Oh, Lord, this is tiring. This is really boring. I have to be honest. I don't like this prayer thing at all. How can people pray for three hours? How can people? And I'll go, and then 45 minutes, oh, Lord. Then one hour, huh, we've broken one hour, praise God. One hour, 10 minutes. Hey, it's another journey. She go, Baba. One day I prayed six hours after I prayed. No, I prayed 12 hours. After I prayed 12 hours, I said, Lord, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> this is nothing else. I'm empty. I've said everything. I was, this is when we were planting churches. I was, I was in um, somewhere in Edinburgh. I said, now, nah, Lord, this is, uh, we, we, we know I have no, nothing else to say. <laughs> so I said, I'm just going to watch telly now. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. This happened. I switched on the telly. And I thought, oh, it's the European finals. Chelsea versus somebody. And I always want English teams to win, even though I hate Chelsea. So this was English teams. I wanted them to win. And someone missed the pen. I thought, oh, no. And I thought, hmm, this is life. I can influence this. I'm not even joking. So I said, Lord, I want Chelsea to win. They just missed, you know. So I want this guy to miss. And he missed. <laughs> yeah. No, Lord, I want Chelsea to win. This is England. I'm sorry. I want him to win. And they won. And I couldn't believe it. I didn't get any money for it. I just by myself. There's no way any of them believe I had anything to do with it. But I know better. All that praying, Chelsea had an advantage. All that anointing. <laughs> My point I'm making is, is this. When you are waiting, it's not easy. When you are waiting, it's tiresome. But keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. And it was through that that an amazing set of events took place and we planted the church in Edinburgh. And if I tell you the story of how we planted the church in Edinburgh, it's so amazing. How the Holy Spirit told me, go to this area. I went to that area. And then I went to another place and somebody else said, go to that area. And then by going there is how we planted that church. It's amazing. But the point I'm saying is, is this. We must learn to wait on God. We must learn to wait on God. And as you wait on him for the outpouring of the Spirit, 
you will begin to experience the outpouring. You will begin to experience it. And you know, I want to conclude and say it like this. How will you and I experience that outpouring? Like you said, be being filled with the Spirit. As a child of God, you already have the Holy Spirit inside of you. But you need to be being filled. Some of us, we need to plug back in. So that, Mish, when you go back, you are operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not simply as a head teacher and a pioneer, but an anointed head teacher and pioneer. That's what you need to be doing. Under the anointing, there are things you can do. You can wait on God. Listen, in all our busyness, you need to carve out time. Three days, five days. And sometimes other things will be affected. And you just say, I am going to see God. And if I see God and I'm not able to do other things, so be it. And as you press into God, you will see something wonderful. But in conclusion, we will experience the Holy Spirit when, one, we learn to long for him. We learn to long for him. We learn to long for him. Secondly, we are receptive. We are open. We are willing to say yes. Thirdly, we are seeking to press in regardless of opposition. We are going to press in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. And we are going to believe that we qualify. We are going to believe that we qualify. We don't have to be super spiritual. We don't have to be someone who has fasted for a long time. We just have to believe that we qualify because of Jesus. And last but not least, we don't have to know all the information. We just have to rely on God. And as you learn to do this, certain things will happen in your heart. Certain things will happen in your heart. You will find that the Holy Spirit will begin to move upon your heart begin to move upon your heart. But you have to respond to him. Some of you, he will speak a word into your life. He will tell you to do something. Some of you, you just begin to feel his presence in your heart and in your body. You even sense certain sensations in your body as he comes upon you. Some of you, you have a surge of confidence and the knowing that God is with you. Different things will happen. I want us to stand right now. There's so much more we could say. But I want you where you are to begin to call upon God, to fill you afresh with his spirit. Even those of you who may not have been filled with the spirit before, if you want him to, I want you to do that. And all of us in this room, and I say this especially to the young people, I want you to raise your hand side to the Lord and tell him, Lord, fill us. I want the worship team to come and join us, please. And ask him to fill you. I have specific instructions that I believe the Lord wants me to follow. But this is the first thing we need to do. We need to begin to cry out to him for more. Say, Lord, give me more of you. Pour your spirit upon me. Pour your spirit upon me. Fill me afresh. Lift your hands out to the Lord. How you lift your hands is a prophetic sign on how you receive. Lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Sandarabahandarabah. Father, behold the hands of your children. Behold the hands and the hearts of your children. Lift your hands to Jesus. Lift your hands to Jesus. Father, behold the hands and the hearts of your children. Fill us. Begin to reach out. 
Begin to reach out. Some of you begin to pray in the spirit and pray in the understanding. Some of you just pray. Say, Lord, fill me with more. Thank you. I praise you. I bless you. I honor you. Lord, take my life. Lord, take my heart. Lord, change my life. Some of us, there are things in our hearts that is troubling us. Things in our hearts that is troubling us. Say, Lord, take my heart. Take my heart. You shall be a mighty man, Ayo. You shall be a mighty man. God will anoint you mightily, Ayo. Mightily. Mightily. Mighty signs and wonders. It's like you are a bulldozer. I see like God is you like a bulldozer to break down barriers. To bring down walls. Hallelujah. The anointing of God is upon your life. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Sandarabahanda. Rendarabahanda. Shendarabahanda. Shendarabahanda. Kadara. Lift your hands. Tell him, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I bless you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. Come on. Reach out to him. Let's keep reaching out. This whole sanctuary is an altar. The next 45 minutes, we are going to seek the Lord. We are going to seek Him. Come on, open your mouth. Some of you need a fresh infilling. As we are reaching out, if you are here and you have never spoken in tongues and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Come and stand over here. Come and stand on my left right now. And as you stand there, I want you to lift your hands, close your eyes, and begin to worship the Lord. This is the instruction I have received. And don't look at anybody. Just reach out to God. Some of you reach out. You need to fall on your face. You need to lift your hands. You need to lie down. You need to stand. You need to respond. I need one of some of the workers to help me just to move them this way so that, that we can have more people. More people this way. All the ministers, the elders, the ministers, the senior leaders, the ministers, those who know how to pray with people to receive the Holy Spirit just come and stand over here please I need them this way this way right up until there all of them to move this way to move this way thank you Holy Spirit let them begin to reach out to God first I don't want you to pray with them I don't want you to pray with them. I want them to just reach out first. But stretch your hands out towards them. Rose. Santa Rababa. Hey. 
those of you that are standing there, reach out to Jesus. Close your eyes. Reach out to Jesus. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Hey! Santa. Robo Santa. We are going to continue to reach out to the Lord. As these are reaching out, the second instruction I received from the Holy Spirit is that those who once spoke in tongues, you once spoke with tongues, maybe you are even over there, but you no longer do so. And you want the Holy Spirit to refill you so that you can begin to speak in tongues again. Come and stand here. So if you are over there and this applies to you, move from there and come and stand here. Quickly. You used to speak in tongues, but you no longer do so. Come and stand here. You've spoken in tongues before, but you no longer do so. Come and stand here. You might be on my left, and this applies to you. Move from there and come over here. Please take chewing gum out of your mouth. You don't come before God chewing chewing gum. Take it out of your mouth, please. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you that are over on my left, you need to move from there and come here. Thank you. Some of you in the congregation, you used to pray in the Spirit. Now you don't do so anymore. You need to come here. It's, not, it's a refilling that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Please quickly respond. There are several like that. Let's keep reaching out. We're going to worship. There are several of you that need to come here. Can we have the words, please? Bind us, these chains that hold us back, hold us back to take these, take these chains, I Savior in your name. We rise and stand. We rise and stand. We sing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every knee will sing it out. Every curse. Come on, let's sing. See, in the name King Jesus, nations are restored. In your name, King Jesus, be. We sing it again. In the name of Jesus, 
nations are restored in your name king jesus we sing jesus is alive jesus jesus is alive is alive jesus jesus you're alive you're alive jesus Keep reaching out. I have received specific instructions. Before we begin to pray for everyone, I'm not being released until I follow them. First of all, those people who feel like God has given them an anointing to pray for people to be healed, I want you to come and stand on my right. There's not a lot of you, right? But there's a specific that God has given you a healing anointing. A healing ministry. A healing ministry. Come and stand here. Alright, it's enough. I don't need too many of you. I don't need too many of you. Okay. Um, Alright, stop. Okay, Sharon. Stop here. Stop here. No, 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 no. no. It's okay, Landry. Don't worry. Okay, you stay there. All right. Can you just come here? There's too many of you. But the rest of you go there. Yeah, go there. The rest of you stay. It's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with you, honestly. There's nothing wrong with you. It's those who have a healing anointing, a healing ministry, right? I, I don't need a lot of you. So these were the ones I saw, okay? I saw Nicholas. I saw Tim. And there's someone else, but I don't know who it is. Um, so they should be over there. There's a reason why we're doing it like this. Don't worry. You have a healing anointing. I'm not rubbishing your anointing, okay? So... The rest of you, could you just go back a bit, all right? Sorry, if you, um, and Kim, stay there as well, all right? The rest of you, could you just come, come out of the way, please? I beg you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is not a bad thing, but I have to follow the instructions as I saw it. Please, can you just, uh, yeah, Martin, you were one of the ones I saw. Can you come over there? All right, now, this is what we're going to do. The reason why I'm following this instruction is this. There are people who need healing, all right? Very specific healing in your body right now. Uh, this is something that is troubling you. That is very real for you. I want you to make a line over there. That's why I need this place cleared. Because I want them to begin to get prayer. Now the rest of you that you believe God has given you a healing anointing. And a healing ministry. What I want you to do is to be stretching out your hands towards these people. And to be praying for them. But these individuals I specifically saw as I was praying. That they were praying for people but i wanted to see if they would all respond that's why so i want you those of you that need healing so i need this cleared if you don't need healing please come out the way i beg you if you need healing remain there if you don't need healing and i need someone to help me to help them the ashes and then we're going to begin to pray in a minute all right so the rest of us i want us to begin to now reach out to the lord begin to pray and those of you that are here to minister for these ones to receive the Holy Spirit. Can you now begin to minister to them? And those of you that are here, there's three people here. 
I need three people to come and help pray with these ones and minister with them. And let's begin to worship. So um, if you want to come and pray with people here, please feel free. All right? If you want to pray for people for healing, come over here and stretch out your hands towards them. Just stretch out your hands towards them for healing. And then you guys, I want you to begin to pray with them specifically. If you need someone to help you, call some of these guys to come and help you. Begin to pray with them specifically. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's begin to reach out. Any song? I need helpers with these guys. I need helpers, please. Where were all the helpers who were here earlier on? Now come and help them. You can get prayer for afterwards, please. Come on, quickly, quickly. Lead them in receiving the Holy Spirit baptism. Lead them in being refilled. Angela, you were one of the ones I saw praying for these ones here. And Lindsay, you were one of the ones I saw praying for these ones here. Those of you that are here, begin to reach out to the Lord. Don't just stand there. Begin to reach out. Give me vision. Zen, I need you to pray for people, please. See things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom to know just what to do. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Come on, let's sing it. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you because you Give me wisdom. Know just what to know, just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you. I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you, God. I will love you. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all my days, I will love you, God. So God, I look. To God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. To see things like you do. To God, I look to you. 
you where my help comes from give me wisdom to know just what to do yeah, yeah. We sing, I will love you, Lord. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my right. We sing hallelujah, sing it up. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, our God reigns forever all my days. Hallelujah. Let's sing it again, hallelujah, 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 God reigns forever all my days, hallelujah. Forever all my days, hallelujah. Forever all my days, hallelujah. Forever all my days. Those people who feel like God has given them a healing anointing, I want, you to, I want four of you to come and stand here. Quickly, 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 quickly. Come. Come and stand here. No, no. Quickly. Quickly, quickly. No, come and stand over here. You're going to pray for people. You're going to pray for people. You're going to pray for people. Right, so come. Those of you that you feel like God has given you a healing ministry to pray for people, come. I need two more to come and stand here. Quickly. Right. Just carry and bring them. And when they come, ask them specifically what it is they want prayer for. And then pray for them and decree as you know to pray. All right. 
through the eyes of men it's let's keep reaching out to so the lord much we have lost as we look down the those road, of you in the congregation join the prodigals have walked and one by one the enemies whisper lies then let them off as slaves But we know that you are God, yours is a victory. And we know there is more to come than we may not yet see. And with the faith you've given us, we'll step into the valley unafraid. Yeah. As we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes and let us see and not be rise. We call out to dry bones, come alive. As we call out. We call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes, let us see and know me rise. We call out to dry bones, come alive. God of endless mercy, God of unrelenting love, rescue every daughter, bring us back the way was son. And by your spirit, breathe upon and show the world that you alone can save. Yeah. We call out to dry bones come alive come alive we call out to dead hearts come alive come alive up out of the ashes let us see an army rise we call out to dry bones come alive as we call out as we call out to dry bones come Breath of God.